It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast, we'll break down week four of the National Football League from you, including the Tennessee Titans COVID outbreak in a Monday night doubleheader, plus a special guest and to round out the show, MLB playoffs talk in the NBA Finals. All that and so much more. But before we begin, we would like to thank our brand new sponsor at Regroup Building Services, specializing in custom homes, remodels, additions, and so much more. If you're looking for a new place to call home or just need repairs on your current home, look no further. Regroup Building Services has you covered. Make sure you check them out today at www.regroupbuildingservices.com. Once again, that's regroupbuildingservices.com. We do the honeydews that your honey don't. Make sure you tell them Josh sent you. We are also sponsored by PM Plus Reserves, now expanding their territory to serve the I-81 corridor from Hagerstown, Maryland to Stanton, Virginia. All right. It's time for another edition of the Kirby on Sports podcast, starting right now. you connected this is dave johnson voice of the washington wizards you have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man josh kirby on sports podcast all right we are back with another edition of the kirby on sports podcast as always we're sponsored by regroup building services mpm plus reserves big thanks as always to mpt now productions dave johnson in productions by quet for all their support as well pleased to be joined this week by dan Demsky after taking a week off dan it's good to see you again buddy how have you been Good to be back, man. Busy, tired, uh, but ready to talk about some football. I'm telling you, this week four, it's only week four, and it's getting very, very, very bizarre with this global pandemic, and who knows? So let's get right into it. Before we talk about any games, I want to start off with the Tennessee Titans, because their COVID numbers have grown to about 20 to 21 which is incredible. Um, actually, the NFL and NFLPA are down in um, Tennessee to figure this out. If there were any COVID protocols that were broken or breached, which is good on the NFL's part just to make sure that everybody's staying safe and following the proper procedures. But, I mean, yet, yet again, through this four weeks of the NFL season, I really haven't seen much social distancing between the players 
And like I said before, coaches, sometimes masks are down around their chin, more like chin straps. So right. I, I, I'm not going to point out any names. or John Gruden. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, seriously, if we want the NFL to continue, come on, folks. Let, let's just do what we're told. I love football. I'm sure you love watching football. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Yeah, and l- let's just do what we're told, you know. And um, I heard something on I forget where I really forget where, but um, that the NFL could implement a week 18 if any of these games get postponed due to COVID, which. Right. Right. I think it's smart. It would delay the playoffs, obviously. But, it, uh, you know, multiple avenues the NFL is going down to make sure they can finish this season. Because, you know, it's all about money and marketing, in my opinion. The NFL That's is all a, it's about. It's all about money. Yeah. It's a huge moneymaker. And if the NFL were to go under due to COVID, it would not be good for ownership Roger Goodell, so on and so forth. I agree, but um, I think even if the NFL struggled financially this year, I think they could afford a couple down years of financial turmoil. I mean, we're talking about the NFL, after all, who has trillions of dollars at their expense in their bank account, probably. I mean, I'm not going to say for sure, but... (laughs) I'm sure if you count, you know, just how much money they make just off merchandising and, of course, the last few years of tickets, and, of course, this year that's not the case, but fans are still buying virtual tickets, though, and they're you know, being able to get a nice cut out of themselves or their dog or yeah. a celebrity or whatever. Washington football team was only charging 50 bucks. Yeah, so the NFL is going to be fine. Look, we, we had an outbreak in Major League Baseball, and we, we were able to get through, yeah. and, and now we're almost to, to the World Series, so we've, well, not... Maybe not yet. I think we're in the uh, yeah, yeah, in divisional the divi- series. Yeah, divisional series. So we, we've still got we've still got two series left. But I think, look, if if the MLB can make it without a bubble, which they didn't have one until now. Now, of course, <clears throat> in the postseason they've had a bubble. I think any league can do it. Um, the NFL is they there's they're they're going to have a couple bumps in the road, and this is the first bump of the road of the season. But like I said last week, I think it's important, and like you said, it's just important for players and coaches to follow the guidelines. I really do think the NFL is going to come down more strict as far as, like you said, social distancing has not really been a thing between players um, still kind of um, just just considering players of other teams during handshakes and things like that. So, yeah, I I think that'll be another thing, and maybe we'll also see more um, of a crackdown on players wearing masks masks on the sidelines when they're not playing you know uh you see a lot of players just kind of milling about the sideline I thought it's funny how coaches have to wear them but players who are just kind of sitting there don't you see some that do but it's it's very rare so I I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL cracks down um but overall I I really think the NFL is going to get through it like I said it's just a bump in the road right now um Major League Baseball was able to get through the really what seemed really bad because yeah. that was you know with the Marlins that was a week into the season when they were already having issues with and, it. And so. look at the Marlins; they're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. Now. How bizarre is that? Yeah, um, it's crazy. So it's it's going to be fine. I think people need, are a little over overreacting a little bit because the NFL is going to figure it out. They have the resources. They have the means. Yeah. Um, 
and the, I think they have the smart people to help them out. So I, I think they'll find a way to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. And um, y- you said it perfectly. It's just a bump in, a ro- in the road. So hopefully we can get this resolved. Um, week four, the Tennessee-Pittsburgh game, as you know, was postponed due to the Titans. Their facility is still closed. So who knows about next week? Or the week after? It's not looking good. They had another player test positive today because they were going to reopen the oh, facilities yes, I, today. Oh, yes, I did see that. I and, did see that. And Adam that. Schefter tweeted out that one player tested positive, so they're not going to open the facilities today. So now the game next week looks like it's in jeopardy, and now you have a team that may have to postpone the rest of their season. Jeez. It's something to think about. I mean, if... Postpone the rest of their season. It's, it's a possibility. It's wow. a possibility. Which would be terrible for the Titans who... Are three and zero right now, and really, um, that that was going to be a good matchup between them and Pittsburgh. If they Pittsburgh, if they end up do you pl- uh, if they end up playing eventually, do you think this time off the players are using to get better, so they'll be fresh out the gate, ready to rock and roll? Yeah, but I I think there's also going to be rust there. I mean, anytime you take time off, um, for for I mean. If you, if you do it for one week, then you basically have a bye week. But if you're taking extended periods of time off, you're you're going to be a little rusty coming back. So that's going to be something interesting to see, too, when the Titans do finally resume. Um, they kind of have to quarantine right now. And I, I really wouldn't be surprised if the whole team has to do it for a couple weeks. You know, I think it's 14-day quarantine is what the waiting period is for that. And they've been testing other teams who play the Titans, of course. No positive tests on the Chiefs yet. Um, there was a picture of Stefan Gilmore, who's the one who tested positive today for the Titans, uh, making a close embrace with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and someone said, uh, you know, uh, put Patrick Mahomes in bubble wrap. You know, he's he's a national treasure or whatever. Just oh. making light of the fact that um, hopefully he doesn't have COVID. But it's it's crazy right now. I, I think the NFL is doing a good job of staying vigilant and staying diligent and, in testing. That that just has to continue with every team. After after every week, I mean, because because yeah. like you said, the the big concern is the social social distancing is not happening. Um, if you recall, in I know I keep going back to Major League Baseball, but they did a good job with this without a bubble. Um, Major League Baseball really cracked down on like high fives, handshakes, uh, celebrations, and things like that, and cracked down on masks in the dugout too. So. I, like I said, I would expect the NFL to do something similar um, of players on the sidelines and players celebrating and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the report from Tennessee so far. About 21 the count is with that positive COVID test. Man, I, I just wish them all the best. I hope they just have a safe and, safe and healthy recovery because human health is greater than Num- all. It's number one. Sports yeah. Or secondary, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, with that being said, we'll move on to the week four action. Dan, you must be really happy the Baltimore Ravens got the win against the Washington football team. You know, Dan's a Ravens fan. I'm a Washington football team fan. So, of course, we had to put this game in the mix. So, Dan, I want to start by saying the Ravens really didn't look like they came out with a lot of firepower. I'll say that. Like, you you look at the stats here, and, excuse me, let me hop over to Baltimore. 
their running game looked good, but I mean, it didn't seem like a team that came out with full steam ahead. They gave Washington 17 points. I'm not saying that's bad, but Baltimore, they gave Washington a lot of opportunities. The only problem for Washington after watching this game and really divulging it is that Washington didn't cash in on these opportunities. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. I, I, I think I think there was a little bit of rust as far as um, the Ravens were concerned. I mean, they were coming off that sort of hangover from the Chiefs' loss, that big-time two-possession loss they had against Kansas City. And uh, they had a lot to prove in this game. I think they did. They think you know the scoreboard looks good in their favor, but they definitely had some problems. Um, dropping balls still. Lamar missed on some key throws. Um, there was some frustration there. I mean, you, you could you could see it, but you know, at the end of the day, the win is really what matters. And um, you know, I I thought I thought Dwayne Haskins he didn't play terribly. I mean, he missed. He missed some throws, but he he didn't have any touchdowns. And really, um, you know, at at the end of the day, if you if you want to win in this league, you got to score points. Okay, so what we're gonna get to that? Um, Washington announced that they're benching Dwayne Haskins. Ron Rivera is going with Kyle Allen, as you know. Kyle Allen used to play for Panther. Yeah, for Rivera yeah. in Carolina. So. That's very interesting. I'm not surprised. It's um, no, it's I, I'm really not surprised. Dwayne yeah. Haskins is a young quarterback, and what I think happened is that Dwayne Haskins got mismanaged the first year because you know Jay Gruden only lasted five weeks last season. Yeah, last season. It, yeah. Oh yeah, a year ago today, as we're recording, Jay Gruden he got, got fired. canned. That's crazy. I, I remember that because it came up on my Facebook. But anyways, he lasted five weeks through the season. Bill Callahan comes in and plays Case Keenum because you know because Callahan didn't like what Dwayne Haskins had. And I've been seeing a lot of news reports, stuff from Adam Schefter and media from the Washington football team, and they're saying Rivera's going to do what's best for this team. Mm-hmm. And I heard a quote saying we're trying to make hay. There's only four weeks in the season, and if Rivera and Kyle Allen can get off to a great start and make things click, because you have weapons. You have um, Terry McLaurin you can throw to. Uh, he's your biggest you, weapon, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and you have Logan Thomas at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Who knows the last time we had a good tight end who wasn't getting injured all the time. You know, so... A- Chris anyway, Cooley, well, he got hurt at the end. But. Yeah, but a- anyways, you look at this team, and like week four, the season isn't over by any stretch. Um of course, you're playing in the dumpster fire of the NFC East division, but it's like, it's crazy. It's really crazy. But I mean, Ron Rivera in this staff did not draft Dwayne Haskins. So I, I heard something, I forget where it was from, but it was like, it's not Ron Rivera's number one, number first overall draft pick in two years ago draft and so he he wasn't really worried about it and I listened to some press conferences about it and they were saying 
hey, I'm going to give Kyle Allen a fair shot, but if he doesn't if he doesn't perform, it's on to the next one essentially. So, Dwayne Haskins, I really feel sorry for him because he's young. He just needs to develop into a good quarterback. And I I saw that one fourth and goal play, if you remember. That was a test. I listened to that press conference and the interviews along with it, and Scott Turner, Washington's defensive coordinator, said that was a test to see where Dwayne would throw it. And Dwayne failed it because it was fourth and goal at like the 10 or 15, and he doesn't throw the end zone. What what are you thinking? Not throwing to the end zone. And I'm like, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. But, you know, I, I, I was fully expecting Baltimore to blow the Washington football team out of the water. But Washington put up 17. Gibson looked amazing at the running back position. Yeah, uh, he's... He's a he's a talented cat for sure. Yeah, he looked really really good. There was one drive they just kept feeding him with the ball. He ended up scoring a touchdown. So, uh, but anyways, back to Haskins. Um, I'm excited to see what Kyle Allen can bring to the Washington Football Team. Hopefully, my, points. My hopes are up a little bit, but they're going to be shot back down because you know the Washington Football Team. It's yeah, uh, it's I, just. Pr- Respectfully called the football team. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand. I mean, you know that I keep thinking, oh yeah, they might do well with Kyle Allen. Since 1993, Kyle Allen will be the 30th starting quarterback for this Washington Football Club. Thirtieth. Hey, it's not as bad as the Browns, who've had like 25 and in 10 uh, in 10 less seasons. Yeah, but. But that that's my t- take on Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. I'm sure if you want to chime in, go right ahead. No, I, I, I think you covered all of it. I think the concerns are, um, you know, the big the big blowback against him throughout his career early on has been, oh, he's just young. Oh, he's a rookie. Or uh, last year, you know, oh, he's he's young. He's still trying to figure out the, the NFL. Well, at some point, that excuse has to go out the window, and you have to expect a quarterback to step up and – start to finally make plays and at least show signs of improvement. I, I think he's been kind of stagnant. I, I, I don't see a drop-off necessarily. I think I think his his passing yards have certainly gone up. Of course, you know, they, you throw it 45 times, there's a good chance you're going to have a lot of yards, especially because most of that game, you know, Washington was down, so they kind of had to throw anyway. Um, so the numbers are deceiving. But, um, yeah, I, I think you covered it well. I, you know, I, I think at some point you just have to say, Look, we, we've given this guy a lot of opportunities. He hasn't been able to help us win football games, which at the end of the day is what he's there to do. And last season he really struggled and really struggled badly. And, uh, you know, once once uh, Washington pulled him, um, you know, they weren't they weren't perfect, but they were. I think they were definitely a more competitive team um, with, with Case Keenum. Um, I think anyone could argue that, so. Yeah, you know, I I think the like I said the excuses at some point have to stop, and at some point you have to give someone else an opportunity, and I think that's one of the reasons that Ron Rivera brought Kyle Allen in there was he knows his game. He saw him playing Carolina, not very much, mind you, but um, 
you know, he, he kind of knows what Kyle Allen will bring to the table and probably knows his offense pretty well, too, th- that he likes to run. I gosh, I got burps. Um, well, you know one thing. That's all I got thing. to say. You know, you know one thing that's crazy? Haskins has been deactivated. The backup quarterback will be Alex Smith. It's crazy. It's just – it's such a good story. I hope uh, – I hope they bring him in for like a spike or something, or a kneel down, or I don't know. I I mean, I mean, hats off to Alex Smith. His recovery was absolutely remarkable. But I I would concerning though. I wouldn't want to see him back on the field. Yeah, I because don't, uh, because I don't know. what what if one body shot, some guy rolls uh, over on his leg after getting on those surgeries? I mean, you know. I mean, is he fragile? I mean, he hasn't done any contact stuff, I believe. Well, the doctors told him he was never going to play again. I mean, it was similar to Joe Theismann's injury, and we all know he never came back from that. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you could argue that he, he really shouldn't be on the field anymore. I think common sense would tell you, but I think deep down he he wants to play somehow, some way. Yeah. Um, there's that hunger that just drives, it drives athletes, and I think Alex Smith has that, and he wants to show that – you know, he can still play, whether it's a limited availability or not. Absolutely. Adam Schefter tweets out Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson did not practice today due to a knee injury that is not considered serious per source. He was held out of practice for precautionary reasons. With Jackson out today, RG3 took the QB reps. And one thing stays the same, RG3 0 for 1 with an interception. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> he comes in and he throws an interception. He gets drilled yeah, into the end zone. Our punter was more successful. Seven for oh seven for his gosh. career. That was a dot he threw, by the way. Oh, on yeah. That fourth, yeah, on absolutely. That fake, on that fake punt. Yeah. The, they caught the Washington football team off guard. All right. You win. Congratulations. Uh, nice Thank you, sir. Handshake. Yeah, I would so say. I would say that's uh, the rivalry it was segment. It a close game, but it really wasn't. Yeah, if that's the rivalry segment for you. Um, let's stay in the abomination of the <laughs> NFC East here. Dallas gives up 49 points to the 3-1 and one Cleveland Browns. Cleveland! Are you, are you hearing this? Cleveland! They're 3-1! and one. I cannot believe this. Look at, looking here, I want to say Dak Prescott is successfully... Throwing the ball, he threw for 502 yards. But if you're just going to do pass only and not give Zeke Elliott Pollard or C.D. Lamb the football, he had one attempt for three yards, 85 yards rushing, you're going to put the game all on Dak Prescott. 502 yards. Yeah, Shout out to him because that's incredible. 502 yards, but abandoning the run, that's not going to win you the football game. Hats off to Cleveland. They finally figured out how to use Odell Beckham because Odell Beckham was sort of in a slump, and he actually caught a touchdown pass from Jarvis Landry. So that was incredible. So, I mean, other than that, it's... I, I cannot believe it. Dallas is one in three. Yeah, and, and and think about how touted their defense was 
All the injuries um, too. Yeah, I forgot to I forgot to mention that they've had a ton of injuries, but just the incompetence of their offense too, to be shut out in the second and third quarter, with all the talent they have, they have one of the top receivers in the game, supposedly top running backs, but Zeke had just fifty four yards again. Another bad week for Ezekiel Elliott, and you really wonder what the problem is with him, Josh. Maybe he has an injury of some sort that's 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 lagging him, slowing him down. Um, something to think about because I mean he has been terrible. Um, other than that, I mean it's it's just inexcusable to get first of all to give up forty eight points when you supposedly have a good defense is uh, is not good. By the way, thirty one to fourteen at halftime was the score of that game. <laughs> crazy, just crazy. The Browns have talent, and we finally saw Odell Beckham have a really solid game. Had only five catches, but Josh two touchdowns and eighty one yards. He he had one of his best games he's had in a long time, especially Absolutely. probably his best game as a Brown for sure. And you could see how happy he was in just watching the highlights and things like that. He was he was having fun. So credit to Cleveland. They're they're not you're no, you know they're not a pushover uh, of of a football team. They I mean they have too much talent to be a bad football team. I, re- I really do believe that. Um, Dallas is just it's just terrible. I mean I picked them to win the division at the beginning of the season because. If you look at them on paper, I mean, they have immense talent, but hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, and they have not had any sort of hard work, it seems like. All I have to say is they really abandoned the run this game, and you can't do that. You really can't in this league. If you don't want to run the football and put it all on the quarterback's shoulders, don't expect to win. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm trying to stay as unbiased as possible, but I really do. <laughs> oh, love oh, it's hard, man. It's 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 really. <laughs> I, hard. I really do love this though, because of the Cowboys and everything. But um, other than that, Cleveland, three and one, their first time over five hundred since like ninety eight. I don't know, but Cleveland, I I'm not gonna make any pr- bold predictions on them, but. They're looking I, pretty good. They're they're going to have some down weeks here in the next couple weeks, and people will forget about them, and then they'll have a couple more wins where people um, remember them. I think I think they're I think they finish with a winning record, but I think it's like nine and seven. I I just have that feeling. I don't know why. I mean, they've they've had a good start so far. They lost to Baltimore, of course. <laughs> Who's bragging? But um, <laughs> but certainly they're not a team to to scoff at right now. Can I just point out through four weeks the record in the NFC East is three twelve and one. So bad. That's gotta be worse than the NFC. Man. Yeah, it is the worst in the NFC. The Probably West the is NFL. eleven and five. The North is nine and seven and the South is seven and nine. The NFC East is a pure dumpster fire right now. Who wants to win the division? I mean, I guess Philly. And Philly has played terribly, too, so... I don't know. It's crazy. Moving on, we have the Minnesota Vikings and the Houston Texans. Minnesota gets a much-needed first win of the season. Um, Not really going to be talking about this game much other than the Houston Texans are off to an 0-4 start, and they fire head coach and GM Bill O'Brien. After an 0-4 start, um, some people are saying, is this too early to get fired at 0-4? No. But 
No, I, I mean, obviously, you've seen what Bill Bryan has done, O'Brien, excuse me, has done, and the Texans usually only make it to a wild card game every year. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think he was really producing that much, and I think it was time to let him go. I am surprised they let him go over Adam Gase of the New York Jets. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> No, I, I mean, what I'm, a, I'm a, just surprised he was let go first. Yeah, I think I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and we, um, the the Texans are another one of those teams. All their losses, actually, let me look at their schedule so I don't flub this up. Uh oh, gotta make sure I get this right. Yeah, but the, uh, while you're getting that up, I mean, it's zero and four. You look you look on paper, Deshaun Watson. He, he he's an elite quarterback, in my opinion. He has shown a lot of greatness, but I mean, it's Here's, it's just crazy to see they're zero and four. I mean, I I don't want to say this is all because they traded away DeAndre Hopkins, but he but was they a, have missed him immensely. Yeah, he was a great weapon to that team. And guess who made the decision to trade DeAndre Hopkins? Bill O'Brien. Correct. That, and I think, had, I think that's another factor why he got fired, too. Yes. The Texans had one of the toughest starts to a season that any team had. You're talking about on the road to Kansas City, then hosting the Ravens. Those were two. Um, well, the, the Kansas City game was a two-possession loss, and the Baltimore game was a three-possession loss. Then, the, then they have to travel to Heinz Field to take on the Steelers. And that was a one-touchdown loss. That was a good game. I think this this game, and I think a lot of people talked about it last week, this game had to be a must-win situation. Um, and you, I, I don't think any team has ever gone 0 and started the season 0-4 and made the playoffs. I'd have to go do some research about that. But that's a tough start to the season, but you have to win the, the winnable games. And you, you I'm sorry, but at home, you, you have to be able to beat the Vikings. You just do. You just do. It's 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 inexcusable. Absolutely. And looking over at the Vikings, what what do you think needs to happen? Because the Vikings look like a decent team on paper, yeah. but Kirk Cousins, you know, he has some terrible games, some good games. What do you think needs to happen for this Vikings team to improve? I think it starts with Kirk Cousins. So you're you're paying him so much money. You really should expect more out of him. I mean, he he's just so hot and cold and you know, their 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 passing offense is is awful uh, as far as yards are concerned, Josh. They're 29th in the NFL throwing the football. That starts with Kirk Cousins. I mean, they they have talented receivers, they have weapons and of course they have Dalvin Cook who again, they're they're number 5 in the NFL in rushing, so they have given a healthy healthy dose to every team they played of Dalvin Cook, um, which is good for fantasy uh, <laughs> owners. Um but the Vikings are they're such an interesting team because after that loss to Green Bay to start the season, then they go on the road and they lay an egg against the Colts at that 28 to 11 loss. Yeah. And then they you know they barely barely lose to Tennessee in week 3. Um so I mean they've had a bad start to the season too. Maybe maybe it's just taken the teams a few weeks to get into the sh- the shape of things, but Certainly the passing game with all the weapons they have should be better and it starts with Kirk Cousins and you know it it just it it has to be better Josh I I don't know how else to say it I mean 
Um, he's got six touchdowns, six picks right now. That's just not. That's not a two hundred million dollar quarterback. Whatever they're paying him, it's it's you know for his whole contract is a lot of money. Um, I think he's getting paid like a hundred. Fifteen hundred twenty million, something like that. Yeah. It's so, ridiculous. And he, where, when has he proven that he deserves that money? That's that's what I. That know. playoff game against the Saints <laughs> could be the only time I could think of. Yeah, yeah, and it really wasn't all him. I mean, he had the one pass that was. Oh well. Who, who knows? Uh, Thirty-one twenty-three in that game. I forgot to mention. Um, the Dallas game was a. 49 to 38 loss. Um the game I really enjoyed watching was the Chargers and the Buccaneers. Justin Herbert's first career start over Tyrod Taylor who had that injury from <laughs> the team doctor. Injury, yeah. An unfortunate team doctor injury. Yeah. Herbert only missed 5 passes. He was 20 for 25, 290 yards with three touchdowns and an interception. He played as well as a rookie could play ever. He, he looked ever. really really good. Yeah. And I was He also ta- loved the team in rushing too. Sorry. I I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago who said I would hate to be in Anthony Lynn's position because he straight up says once Tyrod is healthy, he will get the starting position back. And I really think after watching Herbert's performance in this game, even though it was a 38-31 to 31 loss, you, you might want to go back to the drawing board just to evaluate all your options to see, hey, do we decide to keep Herbert in? It's an unfortunate injury what happened to Tyrod Taylor, but still, yeah, I, I think you might have to go to the drawing board to just make sure you're making the right decision. And for the Buccaneers, Tom Brady... Five touchdowns and a only, pick six and a pick six. <laughs> yeah, he started really poorly. Tom Brady is looking re- uh, really good so far. Yeah, he started that game really poorly, and I think I said to you, Tom Terrific has lost his magic or whatever. But then, of course, he's Tom Brady after all. Throws five touchdown passes, leads them back in the game, and leads them to a big win. So, <clears throat> shows you what I know about football. Sometimes it just gets shoved right in my face, and so that's always fun. But, um. Yeah, Herbert played really well. He just had the really bad interception. I think it was um, – I can't remember what quarter it was in. I feel like it was towards the end of the game. You can correct me if I'm wrong about that. But I feel like it was a late-game pick. Um, yeah, Anthony Lynn was kind of dumb for saying that once Tyrod's back, he's going to be playing. I don't I don't like when coaches do that, especially when – especially before a guy's even taken a snap. Now, if he, if Herbert had played a couple games and it wasn't going well, and then Anthony Lynn said that, okay, I could, I could cut some slack for the coach in that situation. You know what I mean? Um, but otherwise, it's it's just kind of a silly thing to say. But I totally agree. I think Herbert played really well. Um, the Chargers don't have much around him right now, and I think that's the most apparent thing. I mean, he led the team in rushing, and he only had 14 rushing yards. So they've got to get better running the football. Um, and and try to help them out. And they're I mean their receivers outside of Keenan Allen. I mean they really don't have any guys who stand out on that list to me. Um, you know they 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 have a lot of young pieces. They're just trying to make it all work. They need they need a big free agency signing I think to get over the hump. Um, Mike Evans went at, absolutely went off in this game. Josh, 122 yards and a, and a touchdown. Of course that 48 yard reception. Um, he's 
people were kind of waiting for him to really have that breakaway game. And, of course, I benched him on fantasy this week, and I was really mad because he had like 30 points. And look at Ronald um, Jones, 20 carries for 111 yards. Yeah, Ronald Jones played well. That That's what I like to see in a football game. Tom Brady, five touchdowns. It's insane. And Jones is rushing for over 100 yards. And and that's something that Brady has always had in his career, if you think about New England. Um, even even for the running backs they had, which they would just shuffle in and out, it seemed like all the time, the Pats were always able to run the ball well, too. Um, maybe not as well as throwing the ball, because obviously you're going to get more yards, but um, they seem to have that right now in Tampa. And it's... Um, it's a lot of fun, man. It's 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 a lot of fun to watch this team, especially the way it started. It just was not good at all. Um, but I'm in in a way, I'm sort of rooting for Tom Brady because it's just it's just cool to watch him play. I mean, he can he he can still do it, man. Um, one takeaway I'm gonna take from this game is uh, I think Justin Herbert has a good future in this league. I agree. Um, I I don't want to be too optimistic optimistic I cannot speak tonight and um but I I don't want to be like that but Justin Herbert looked really really good and I think if he keeps it up um he'll have a good career with a good NFL team whether it be the Chargers or somebody else so um that's a 38 to 31 Tampa Bay Buccaneers win I want to move on to a very exciting game. Um, the Buffalo Bills get a 4-0 defeating the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, the 2-2 two two Las Vegas Raiders, 30-23. to What a game that was. I mean, it was back and forth most of the game. And I, I think the Bills are lighting up. I, they're, I one of, think, they're, they're one of the best teams in the AFC right now, for sure. Yeah, I, I think no I think some people are sleeping on the Bills, but that's watch out for the Bills. Probably the way they want it. They don't they don't want to get the notoriety. Um that's Absolutely. kinda how how they've always been. But this was a fun game to watch. Derek Carr played really well. After you know, the Raiders have had a couple of uh bad games recently to start their season after their after their two two consecutive wins to start the year. Um or maybe it was just the one game. Anyway, whatever. I can't. You know, I, I could just open up the schedule, but I'm just too dang lazy. Right, let me just do that. <laughs> Sorry, I had a I had a moment there. Um, yeah, but uh, like you said, I yeah, did see I was right. Carr. He played very well. Um, Allen, he played well. It, it was just a battle. Um, and I I just really enjoyed watching these two teams go head to head, and just. See, it was a lot of fun watching. And by the I, way, I'm I sorry. thought the Bills would beat the Raiders by a lot more, but they didn't. It was a close game. The Raiders kept it close. Unfortunately for the Raiders, they ended up on the losing side, but you know. Yeah, and how about the play of Derek Carr so far this year, Josh? Eight touchdowns, no interceptions. He's played about as well as you could ask him to play. And- you jinxed him. I just jinxed. Him. <laughs> oh well, he's going to throw an interception at some point. Yeah. If if it wasn't, you know, if I didn't jinx him, then Stephen A. Smith did or whoever. But, um, <laughs> so they've they've run the ball well too. Jacobs didn't play quite as well in this game, just forty eight rushing yards. But 
they got to include him more. I, I feel like sometimes they put a little too much pressure on Derek Carr. I mean, 44 passes you're talking about. A lot of pressure being put on him. So they got to take some of that off. I know he's been in the league now, I think, for going on like six years. Man, we're getting old because I remember when he was a rookie. It's all downhill from here, boy. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Josh Allen, the future of the NFL. I, I, I really do think that. And I think he prefers to be sort of slept on. I, I, I really do. Also, how can you have negative one rushing yard but have a touchdown? I guess sacked or something? I don't what know. What the heck? You that see makes that. no sense. You see that, right? I see that. Yeah. Okay, we're seeing <laughs> the same thing. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know. Maybe it was just a zero-yard run or something. Yeah, you want to go off on a bunny trail really quick? Stephen A. Smith, did you see that video when he was because of the Cowboys' loss? Oh, what did he eating do? No, cookie. I missed it. He was eating the cookie, and he was like, how y'all doing? In a, a Stephen Ace voice. And it, he w- what what did he say? He was like, you gave up 49 points to Cleveland. And then he, he said, how about them Cowboys? Like he always does, man. He used to love. When after when they lost and he just go in there and just roast Skip Bayless, but that's fantastic. I have to find that. Yeah. Um. So the Bills. But Allen, fantastic. Oh. He he is the future of the NFL. When you talk about you know you talk about Patrick Mahomes, of course Russell Wilson. I think you put Lamar Jackson up there. Deshaun Watson. I think you have to put Josh Allen up there. He's more traditional in the you yeah. know he's a pocket passer sort of guy. He doesn't run it very much. Apparently he has negative one rushing guard for a touchdown. But yeah, I I can but, agree with that. Um. He just he's impressive to watch, Josh. He's very accurate. Um he's built kind of like Big Ben, which I think really helps him in that division, especially where you have, you know, a lot of pass rushers coming after you. I think I think he's I think he's gonna have a very bright future in Buffalo. Yeah, I, I think so too. And it's about time that Buffalo It's good to see. It's it's refreshing. Yeah. Someone else Buffalo in that division besides the Patriots. Good. Yeah. Buffalo yeah. has not been good for a while. Yeah. I don't want to attribute that all to New England and Tom Brady and the dynasty that was over there. But still, it's good to see the Buffalo Bills do well. Agreed. Because after so many years, they haven't been that great. I don't have the exact records from past years, but still, other than that, um, that was a 30-23 loss win for Buffalo. Why did I say loss? I don't know. Um, let's get into some nuggets before we move on to our next topic. The New York Jets. Why is Adam Gase not fired? <laughs> oh, yes. Speaking of, I'm sorry. I totally forgot to miss, um, mention this. Mark Rippon, former Washington football team quarterback, his nephew, let me get it right, Brett Rippon, yeah. made his first career start. With the Denver Broncos, um, nineteen for thirty-one, two touchdowns and three interceptions. Man, yeah, I I didn't even need to watch that game. I mean, it was just uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't watch it. It's just bad. I mean, just it, bad football. I mean, hats off to Rippin. It it's history. The family tra- uh, the family business. <laughs> he so didn't to play speak. well at all. <laughs> he didn't, but he got his first career win and as Sam a Darnold quarterback. Darnold played worse. <laughs> it. Sh- Oh, can we talk about how Sam Darnold? No, Joe Flacco came in, and after that, Sam Darnold got injured. Joe Flacco came on, then Sam Darnold came back. I don't know, but that game, it was just 
and I I knew it was gonna be a garbage game between two you know terrible teams, but Brett Rippin, that's my first nugget. What were you gonna say? They've decided to start Joe Flacco this coming up week. I I did see that. Yeah, you so must be very happy. Joe Flacco yeah, getting another. You know chance. what? I I I am happy because he had a quick opportunity in Denver. It never really worked out. I think he deserves an opportunity. I mean, he may get killed behind that offensive line, let's be real. But, look, I think some players want to die on the football field anyway, whatever. My second nugget, why isn't Adam Gase being fired? He is an atrocious head coach. I wish he was banned from the league. (laughs) That's how terrible I think Adam Gase is. He's he's awful. I, I don't understand it either, Josh, to be honest. I was... I thought when when the Jets hired him, I thought there's so many other good qualified he, uh, head coaching material in the NFL. Why is he even being given an opportunity? And he's been he's been worse than awful. And he just seems clueless. Yeah, it seems like he doesn't know what's going on. So I can't answer your question because I think he should have been gone two two weeks ago, just personally. But yeah, and especially okay. Here's here's another layer to to, to think about with this. If the Jets had fans, and th- just think about New Yorkers and and stuff like that, you know they're all kind of they're kind of angry in general. Mm-hmm. They'd be booing the team like crazy. So I think in a way that would ignite the the ownership to say, okay, we got to make it, got to make a uh, a change here. With no fans there, I mean, hell, they can <laughs> they can pretty much do whatever they want, because um, there's no one there to criticize them t- t- to their faces. I don't think so. I'm baffled by that as well. I I don't know. I don't think he has a much longer leash, to be honest. I don't know how you can after an 0-4 start, and you are just completely and utterly clueless like he is, but it's just crazy. All right, moving on to my next nugget. The Saints get the win in Detroit, but the only thing is the Saints don't look as explosive. Michael Thomas is out due to injury. That that plays a big part of it. But the Saints, I think, almost lost that game. Oh, they did almost lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they almost lost that game. The Saints need to buckle up. They're 2-2. Two and two. I thought they would be a lot better than this. And I, obviously, you have Michael Thomas out. Drew Brees not putting up career numbers this game but my nugget to take away from this game New Orleans step up get healthy because you can play a lot better than beating the Lions 35 to 29 that's like a six point difference so that's my next nugget there if you have anything to add I don't have anything to add I just um the the Lions had a 14 nothing lead and in classic Lions fashion, gave it away. Sorry, Paul Van Wagner. I know you're a big Lions fan. <laughs> Shout out ESPN Blacksburg. Plugging EXP- ESPN Blacksburg. For sure, man. man. Gotta, gotta rep the guys. Um, that that sound, that was forever ago, it yeah, seems like. It, it was a long time ago. Hey, way to show my age now. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, <laughs> but the Saints just find a way to win. That's, that's just, just what they do, and... They they have not played well, Josh. I think I would be concerned for them so far this year. Um, they really haven't faced the most elite competition yet either of their schedule, so it's it's going to get more difficult for them. I think for the Lions, um, that's 
that's a win you have to you have to hold on to. I think it, I think in that way. So um, their defense really kind of backed off after they got the lead, and and it showed. My next nugget here. Uh, from the dumpster fire of the NFC East, the Rams beat the Giants seventeen to nine. But that's not what I really. I've got nothing talk to say about. about this game at all. Oh yeah, you do. They suck. You, no, Both teams. No, no, you don't know what my nuggets about. Okay. Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> you didn't hear? They had a Tell brawl me. post game. Oh, the no, post game brawl. You didn't. I have the video up right here on Twitter. Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate. Do you know why this brawl started? Tell me why. Oh, you're going to love this, man. Golden Tate uh, from from John Clark, NBC Sports, at J. Clark, NBC Sports. He tweets a video of the fight between Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey between the Giants and the Rams. What happened... Jalen Ramsey dumped Golden Tate's sister, who was pregnant with their baby last year. Oh. And um, what was it? Jalen Ramsey slammed Golden Tate on a tackle during that game. And then post-game, there's a brawl that insinuates. Talk about social distancing there, by the way. But a family feud that goes on to the football field. I, I really shouldn't be laughing, but I mean, like, Seriously? You you intertwine football players and family, and then that's you why you don't up... date a uh, family of people who you work with. <laughs> yeah. that's that's why they say or that. work against. <laughs> <laughs> and next thing you know, they just end up brawling after yeah. the game because of this. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me! And no suspensions or fines given out yet either. Well, it probably it's a family issue. I don't know. I don't I'd... care. It doesn't matter. The NFL <laughs> still has to do something, right? Oh, man. I mean, they have to give a fine or something. It's crazy. Um, um, Golden Tate's been tweeting like, um, <laughs> like Albert Einstein quotes about adversity and things like that. And then he said today, "Hope everyone is having a great week." And cross finger emoji, one hundred <laughs> emoji. So I just <laughs> he's trying to act crazy. like nothing happened, but I, I thought it was crazy. They started a fight because of that. I'm surprised you didn't even know about it. No, I I I really don't know how I missed it to be real with you. Yeah. But it's uh, fun. Last nugget: the Philadelphia Eagles with a one-two and one record they suck. due to the tie. They win in San Francisco, twenty-five to twenty. In their first place in the NFC East. I mean, hell, San Francisco had about you know thirty injuries. It's the only reason the Eagles were able to even win that but game. One, two, and one. That just goes to show oh, you bad. first place at one, two, and one. It's really bad. All right, folks. Um, moving on to Monday night, and I just want to say a double header, a Monday night game at seven o'clock. I I wish they moved Monday night to seven o'clock. It's uh, so much better. So many people are saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And. In the bump back Green Bay in Atlanta to 9 o'clock. But anyways, the Kansas City Chiefs improved to 4-0. As you know, Cam Newton tested positive for the coronavirus. So Brian Hoyer, get this stat. It's his fourth separate stint with New England. He has not started until Monday night. So Brian Hoyer seems to be the perfect choice because he's been with New England four separate times. He knows the system, same head coach, and you'd be like, hey, Brian could go out here and (laughs) 
try to do some stuff, but 130 in an interception, then Bill Belichick decides to bring in Jared Stidham. Wasn't he worse? Um, five for 13, 60 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Yeah, he, uh, he was worse. <laughs> so, this game, um, New England flying out the day of, um, per negative COVID tests, this game was really sloppy on both ends. I, I, I have to admit, because you see here, Clyde Edwards Elaire only had 64 yards on the ground. I feel like Kansas City didn't use the running game enough in this game. I feel like it was really chippy towards the beginning. A lot of mistakes were made and stuff, but towards the end, Kansas City ended up getting the 26 to 10 win. Yeah, Kansas City is one of the one of the best teams in the NFL. I think the best team in the AFC right now. I think um, they're just so dominant. And yeah, they certainly didn't have their best game. Uh, but Patty Mahomes, two hundred thirty six yards, just ten completions and two touchdowns. He just he just he shows up and he just plays such good football time in and time out, no matter who the opponent is. And the odds were really against the Pats in this. You talked about the short trip. You talked about having to go out the day of, not really. I would say not really having a strong game plan because I don't think they were they were uh, in their facility really were they this week very very much I I don't have a lot of information about I them. I think they were closed. See that makes it really difficult. You can't practice in person. You're talking about a lot of you odds. Know, going I, I you. can't say for sure. I really can't. I didn't see it anywhere on the news that it was closed. It was only Cam Newton who tested positive. Right. So they could have just isolated Cam Newton in a small group that was around him. But I, I can't say for sure. Yeah. Um, but There's really nothing else to say about this game. The odds were really against New England with some of the injuries as well as, of course, the COVID test of Cam Newton. Um, and Kansas City is what Kansas City is. They are the team to beat in the AFC, and they're going to give you a tough a tough game. you got to find a way to, you know, force Patrick Mahomes to make mistakes, which is nearly impossible. So yeah, um, that's really all I have to say about this but, game. Also, they the, New England has to find um, Hoyer. They probably should have stuck with Hoyer. I, th- I think if Brian Hoyer throws a touchdown, then maybe they keep him in the game. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's bad across the board. But it's just bad across the board. My, my main point... Not a lot about talking about this game, but the Monday night scenario where the NFL moved this game to Monday night. Um, I really like that time Worked slot. Worked out, yeah. I really like that time slot. Yeah, I, I totally and, agree. And before the Falcons go 0-4 at 9 o'clock on ESPN, I'm like, there's nothing to talk about in that game. No, uh, I'm Falcons just going to say this again. If you think Aaron Rodgers is regressing, you're wrong. God. 327, four touchdowns. Amen. Did you hear what he said on Pat McAfee's show? No, he I said, did not. Essentially, my down years um, in, in in the NFL are most quarterbacks' career years. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, he kind of has a point. I yeah, mean, he they, does. They get down on him when his numbers are he down does. in a season, but he's just fantastic. And um, it's, it's just that's that's a tough football team. The NFC has. Has some really good teams, and I think the Packers. The Packers are got to be a Super Bowl pick right now for a lot of people. I think. Absolutely. So that about wraps up the week four preview. Right now, what are we looking for week? 
five in the NFL. Starting with you, Dan. Oh, gosh. You caught me off guard. Uh-oh. I oh, caught him man. off guard. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, your football team plays... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was going to say the football team plays the Rams, but they, but they and they do. Yeah, they um, do. The Rams. Sean McVay. This is tough. Hold on. You got to give me a sec here. I got to I gotta scroll through and see. Well, I, I'll give you one. All right, here's, here's one. Here's one. You ready? Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the Saints... Who have not played well recently, but have found found ways to win. Host young Justin Herbert and the Chargers in New Orleans. I think that's going to be a good game. You know, I thought about that the entire way over here. That was you the have game the young gun versus the old fart. That was the game. The old I fart. I was going to pick. Yeah, and I'm. I think I'm going to pick the young gun. I'm going for the upset. But the Saints are seven. You and a half. took the words right out of my mouth. Seven and a half point favorites. That's that line's a little high for me uh, in that game. So I'm gonna pick the Chargers. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to big to little Justin Herbert knocking off old man Drew Brees. Yeah, I, that was my first pick on Monday but, Night Football, baby. But since you picked that, I'm looking. I'm looking to see how the NFL, uh, go, how the Patriots go this week on if Cam Newton can come back set to return. Because New England has Denver, and if Cam Newton is back, they got to step up the game plan in order. I, I know they Denver's can just run only, the football against Denver. Denver's though. only yeah. one and three, but if you don't have a good game plan with a backup quarterback, Denver could upset you. The the thing that I think benefits them is they now have a week where they have a full week of preparation rather than having to sort of rush and do it all last second and then go out the day of the, you know, the whole body clock thing that takes a toll on that as well. So, um, that's just perfect for the Patriots. I think, I mean, they, they have all week to prepare. It's Bill Belichick preparation mode. I like, I like the Pats chances. Yeah. I really do. That's what we're looking for. Week five in the NFL. That's Dan. I'm Josh. We'll be right back with more. All right, Josh Kirby back with you on the Kirby on Sports podcast. It's an honor and a pleasure to be joined now by former Washington football club tight end Rick Doc Walker. Doc, first off, want to thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. Um, it's a great honor and pleasure. Um, uh, what I like to tell every one of my guests ask them first and foremost, how are you handling global pandemic? Has your job been affected at all? I know you work at the Team 980 doing some radio um, coverage and some um, um, some shows with Al Galdi as well. So first off, are you and your family staying safe? And yes, has your job been affected much by this? Well, I work from home now, so the job has been affected dramatically because I don't get to see Al, but maybe once or twice a month. And if we have some technical issues, you know, I've gone in. But it's pretty much since um, March that we've been in this new way of life, which I believe is going to be here a little bit longer than people are saying. And we, like everyone, is making adjustments to it. We've lost over 210,000 Americans, so this is no joke. 
and even though it was uh, recklessly um, brought to us by this administration that, A, it was a hoax and it was fake news and 210,000 people deceased, there's nothing fake about it. White House now, uh, close to 50 people have been affected. So uh, the National Football League coach is being fined, uh, Coach Gruden in particular, a million dollars, because people aren't taking this serious. And it's disappointing to me, uh, but I do think we've got some grips on it now. The NHL, MLB, uh, NBA have done some great things in terms of creating bubbles and being able to give us some sports entertainment. Uh, I'm not for what has happened in college. I don't think the kids should have been exposed, but I lost that battle. And we have some now breaks in the NFL, so nothing is certain. But I do think that we're taking precautions now and treating this like a real serious issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's I've said this in previous episodes how the bubbles have been working. But uh, first and foremost, I want to make sure everybody, it, along with a, a lot of other people, I want to make sure everybody is safe before sports returned. And we have seen some spikes in COVID during this NFL football season. Um, uh, what, what are your thoughts on hearing the news about Cam Newton testing positive for COVID? And do you like the way the league is handling the situation so far with these yeah. uh, positive COVID tests? Yeah, I do. I mean, they're shutting him down. I mean, the quarterback position is unlike any other position in all sports. So if you lose the guy who operates your offense, I mean, of the 32 teams, there's only about 12 of them worth their salt. And if you lose one of those guys, it's a tremendous disadvantage for the rest of the team. New England had a gallant effort, but um, Hoyer was ill-equipped to be a starter in this league, and it showed. And um, we were robbed of a great entertainment value but he'll be able to recover. Same thing's going on with Tennessee. He's having some issues. We've had some things, uh, which which you look at the amount of people that are eligible to be infected. It's really good uh, what they've done. Again, but these are pros. They're making a lot of money, and that's a risk, calculated risk that you take. Eight of the starters for the New England Patriots opted out at the beginning of the season. It tells you how what a great job they did playing shorthanded. So we'll... We'll see. We've had a rash of injuries, soft tissue injuries that is expected. Football, unlike hockey and basketball, you have to get your body traumatized. You've got to be able to get bring your body along slowly with contact and the violent nature of the sport. So they've really exceeded my expectations. I didn't think it would happen, but they're pulling it off. The only question is, once flu season hits, will we be equipped to deal with it? Absolutely. Great points there. So before uh, we get into this Washington football team and the quarterback changes, I just wanted to get a little bit um, into your playing career with the Washington football team. Um, uh, you ended up winning a Super Bowl with the team, um, but I, I, I want to get your thoughts on what what are the differences you see in your playing career back in the day 
as compared to playing in the NFL now? Do you see – what are some of your biggest thoughts on um, the uh, the type of play that's going on in the NFL as compared to when you were in the league? Well, every sport evolves. If you look at the Yankees, the Bronx Bombers, with Babe Ruth and you know Roger Maris and all those people, the game looks nothing like that. Now, the game looks nothing like it was when, when I played. Um, but that's the evolution of sports. Uh, if not, we'd look like Jim Thorpe back in the day. So that's natural. The kids are bigger, stronger, faster. We have um, the technologies changed. The way we approach the game now uh, from a statistical deal, and uh, if you look at analytics, is now a very big part of all sports. So that's just natural. Um, I don't compare past and present. I think every generation, or at least every decade, speaks for itself. And uh, the exceptional athletes would be able to, you could pick them and put them in this one, they'd probably still be outstanding. But for the rank and file, it's just normal. Uh, What we did really doesn't have anything to do with what's going on now. Um, but you just hope that you got the best out of it when you played and then hope that your teams that you cheer for, you hope that they're successful, but you really have nothing to do with it. A- absolutely. Uh, Josh Kirby and Dan Dembski, the Kirby on Sports podcast, talking to Rick Doc Walker. Um, Doc, um, I want to talk to you about your Super Bowl win. Um, not a lot of people can exp- uh, say they have won a Super Bowl. Uh, what did what did it mean to you to actually get a Super Bowl trophy, hold that Lombardi trophy, and um, win a Super Bowl for the Washington football team? Well, for me in the Burgundy and Gold, it was – I mean, I won in high school, college, and pros. and won a Rose Bowl. Uh, we won our league championship. So, you know, I basically really wanted to be able to say I've won on every level. And every level has its own story. And the high school victories are really just as big as the college and pros. It's just more people involved and you're older. But the game was about the same. There's nothing like it. We went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. We won back-to-back NFC championships. We um, won a ton of games. The only team that equaled our win streak at the time was the Patriots. And so, with Joe Gibbs and, and Richie Pettibone and all the great coaches we had and great players. It was really, really a great experience. We lost our first five with Joe Gibbs in 81 and ended up 8-8 eight and eight and, you know, 12-1, and 14-2, 10-6. It, it just propelled that program. They went all the way to the 91 where they won it all, maybe the greatest team we've ever seen. And so that's a prideful deal, but having covered the team, covered the league, worked for the team for over a decade. Um, the losing and the failure, uh, it just compounds you. And it's really difficult for me to see us not be successful, but yet I understand why we're not. And it's very difficult to win in any sport on any level. It takes a special group of guys. And if you're lucky enough to have been a part of that, you just have to embrace it. But it's very difficult to see failure year after year after year. Hey, Doc, uh, this is Dan. Thank you so much hey, for doing this. 
Um, my question was kind of broad, but I kind of just want to get your thought on this. Um, how did you make the transition from playing in the National Football League uh, to being a broadcaster? I know I studied uh, multimedia journalism in college, and you know there's so many nuances with broadcasting, and um, everything's different as far as radio, television. Um, how did you get your start in that? Did you always sort of have a um, sort of a favor? Did you all, did you always kind of favor that, or was it something that just yeah? Sort of I had no, I had a game plan coming out of, out of college and did some theater arts and things at UCLA. But I, uh, Eddie Alexander was a KABC at the time in Southern Cal, um, was very helpful. I identified <clears throat> what I like. I didn't have a lot of examples because there weren't a lot of African-Americans that were on network TV or working with network Earth Cross, who I watched and got a chance to see him was very helpful. He was at CBS, and I just I wanted to be around the game. I really just wanted to coach high school football. Was what my, my ambition was tied around. I enjoyed coaching, enjoyed working with young kids. I was blessed to have great little league coach Jim Womack that we won championship in 68 we went six games and I was baseball was my number one sport and so we won six games I wanted to go to Williamsport we lost up in San Jose California and um, Gary Templeton was on that team he played with the Cardinals and the Padres a great player Myron White picked with the Dodgers Billy Bolden we had about six pros from my neighborhood in baseball we had really great coaches um, and it was really that that propelled me. And then I hurt my arm pitching. So mm-hmm. I was robbed of doing what I really wanted to do, uh, was play baseball. And then I, I went, you know, everybody's playing football, and I had no interest because I thought it was ridiculous. You got 35 <laughs> pounds of pads on, you got to go, everybody treats you like crap. Right, and right. You got to go through that. So that was not appealing to me. But <clears throat> we, in a neighborhood, you know, all the guys are doing it. So you say, okay. Um, Give it a I shot. Was at nine. Yeah, but when you're 100 pounds at nine, you got to play <laughs> against 14 year olds. So it's a pretty bad experience. Right. You know, I'm returning kicks and in the backfield. And I'm nine. I could run, but I was nine. I got to play against 14 year olds. Right. I was petrified. <laughs> and so the way Pop Warner does this, they're just so ignorant how they do with size. Just because you're big doesn't mean that you're. You're an athlete. Doesn't mean you're right. tough. It don't mean anything other than that you're just large. Right. And so you always <laughs> have to play up. But playing up helps you uh, if you can survive it. And it is emotionally crazy. But if you can get through it, then you do gain that experience. And again, I credit the coaches, Mike Rush, God rest his soul, uh, who won a championship, CIF championship out in Southern California. Uh, coach Andrade, Dick Hill was a legendary coach. I was always very fortunate to be around competent coaching. And that's the development. That's what kills the league. That's why teams don't get better because it's coaching. You've right, got to have right. people coach you up. And and the NFL is a big brotherhood and family affair. They hire friends and family. And so some of the worst coaching I ever received was in the NFL. And right, so until I, Joe Gibbs, I had five coaches my first five years in the league. So I learned that everybody in charge doesn't know what they're doing it doesn't mean they know what they're doing they're just privileged and so when you go through that the way I went through it and uh, you realize that it's about people 
It's about people who develop a bond. We had a very close team. This team that I'm encouraged with now in Washington had more talent than our first team. And um, we lost our first five. They've won one. And so I'm, I'm mirroring this year to our 81 team and to see can they survive, can they become close, develop the bonds that we did, the Jeff Bossicks, Donnie Warrens, George Stark, you know, these guys, uh, John Riggins, Joe Washington, Theismann, we we became very close. We had a very close team, and we were able to stick together through the defeats. And then once we got it going, then it was over because Joe was a genius offensively, and Richie Pettibone, to me, was his equal on defense. So we had really good people. Wayne Severe is one of the best special team coaches ever. So to me, I'm big into whether it's business or athletics. It's always about the people in management who are in charge who define your success when you get people to buy into a team concept. And that's what makes sports so cool to me. I love watching talented teams who don't win. It happens all the time because it's so difficult to get people to play selfless and to care about your teammates. And most people can't. And and that's why I love watching sports to see, uh, like, the Miami Heat win over my beloved Lakers. And after game one, I was highly – I was irate that we blew a 30-point lead instead of putting our foot on their neck and making them think they could never beat us. But we gave them hope. And if you give pros hope and you get a special player like Butler, he proves that was a great win for the Heat and a man who decided that he was just not going to lose. you got to have those kind of guys, guys like Mike Nelms who on our early teams. He was sensational. And, you know, we had those kind of guys, and you need them. You, you win with great players. You, I'm telling you, nobody wins without exceptional talent at certain positions, and football is the hardest to win at, but it's the most gratifying when you pull it off. Absolutely. That was very well said. Once again, Doc Walker on the Kirby on Sports podcast. Um, Doc, let's uh, talk about some present day NFL stuff going on. Uh, you were talking about um, head coaches. Um, as mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Bill O'Brien gets fired after an 0-4 start. Um, what are your thoughts on the Texans' performance so far? And do you think um, it was early? Uh, do you think it was late enough to fire Bill O'Brien, or do you think it was too early? Bill should have been fired when he lost the best receiver in football. He gave him away. That's when they yep. should have got rid of him. Exactly. Uh, I, Bill's a hell of a coach. I mean, what he did at Penn State to me is unmatched. It's one of the greatest coaching jobs I've seen in this country. He took a, a, a lot of non-scholarship athletes at Penn State and made them highly competitive. That was a great coaching job. He was at Maryland. Uh, my, two of my kids played in Maryland. He was there with Ralph Frege. Frege is a great coach. So Bill can coach. Bill seemed to have some problem with people and rubbing people the wrong way. And so he's got to develop the ability to get people to work with him, not just for him. And so, um, and I'm sure he'll bounce back. They all do. This is fraternity. Mike Nolan's back in the league, you know. And so this is what they do. They take care of their own. I'm not mad at them, but the quality and some of the things they, they do is, is ridiculous. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, no, I, I want to get your thoughts on something I've been wanting to ask you when this interview started. Um, Dwayne Haskins gets benched for Kyle Allen. Um, your thoughts on the Washington football team's performance through these four weeks of the season so far, and do you think um, this move needed to happen? Well, I've been pleasantly surprised at this football team. They play hard. They um, The loss of Chase Young, they couldn't overcome that. He's that good. And he took them over the edge. When you get 29 quarterback pressures against the Eagles, I don't care who you are, that's incredible. And they were able to get that win. Uh, and Dwayne did some really good things. He was not looked like himself all year to me. And because he's learning, again, I had five different head coaches my first five years in the league. He's had three different guys in charge and two. So what happens, very disruptive when you're learning a new program every year or twice in one year, and then he has an inexperienced offensive coordinator now. Coach Turner is very gifted, but he's never done this on this level. So, you know, I didn't like an inexperienced teacher with a toddler. You know, like when I had three kids, I didn't have any of them. My wife had them, but I helped a little bit. And I said to her, we have a rule. Nobody ever keeps our kids that hasn't had a kid. I never had a teenage person watching. Never. If you didn't produce one, you could never be around mine. Because I wanted people who had experience with my kids. And I feel the same way about this. It was a, it was a reach from day one for an unexperienced, an inexperienced coordinator with an inexperienced quarterback. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. That doesn't surprise me. They still are trying to – and no camp, but nobody had camp. So they were on the same plane that everyone else. But we're still talking about footwork issues with Dwayne. He's got two very good quarterback coaches and mentors, but they didn't get it done. And so I didn't agree with, in the beginning, naming anybody a starter should have been a competition from day one to me, but they opted not to. So I just – I don't believe in giving anybody anything in football. You earn all your positions. I don't care where you drafted. It means nothing to me. I don't care how much you make. It's what you do on the field. They took a different course, and maybe it'll work out for them. Maybe it won't. But that's where we are now. And then I predicted 10 days ago on the air that Alex Smith would be next. I really believe that they were going to try to get Alex Smith in the game, and it pro I proved right about that. And he is the backup now. And if he's the backup, that means he's one play away from playing. And I think that because the NFC East is so bad right now that Ron shifted his goals. First he said it was about the future. Well, like George Allen, now the future's now. So they made the move. Yeah, so uh, two questions to piggyback off of that. Do you think Haskins – once he improves and gets to be a more better quarterback, do you think he can find a spot and produce well for a football team, if not the Washington football team? And our second question, tell us your thoughts on the remarkable comeback of Alex Smith after that brutal leg injury against the Houston Texans. Alex, is a, it, it's an incredible story. I love his the way he approaches life in the game. 
He's a hell of a dude. I'm pulling for his success. Um, I'm not worried about him being injured because he's not worried about it, and he's put the work in. If you put the work in, you deserve to take it all the way. If he and his family decided that it was okay for him to do this, <clears throat> they can go for it. When he was in the hospital, I was hoping that he would just be able to play with his kids. I didn't want him to be an amputee and not being able to go out and do the things he would like to do with his kids. Well, now it's advanced, so he's going to play pro football. So it's a, Hollywood is licking his chops because this is a movie in the making. Now, does that win your game? I don't know. But it is what it is now. And Dwayne is in the third position. He's young. Um, he's got talent. If I were his management team, I would be trying to – I'd ride this out and then immediately try to get to Tampa or New Orleans or somewhere that they've proven that they develop quarterbacks and be around people that I could mimic their work habits and nobody better than Tom Brady. So if I was him, and um, that's what I would suggest to do, but, you know, I have no – influence on whatever it won what he does i want to go back to leadership real quick you you talked about that for a good chunk of the interview here and um my overall question is you know obviously washington has made a lot of decisions especially last season uh really cleaning house um in in the front office and the coaching staff as well of course bringing in ron rivera and jack del rio the two big names on the stat coaching staff and um one of the big names in the front office was team president jason wright um, my question for you is, do you see, you know, we, we, we've talked about the woes of the front office in the past and, of course, the coaching staff. Um, do you feel like Dan Snyder has made the right moves as far as personnel is concerned and leadership and uh, where? Bringing somebody in your program is only half the battle. <clears throat> if you don't have power, Jason, who played in the league, has nothing to do with football ops. I find that strange, personally. But they got him on the business side. I think you need all the football intel you can get working towards winning games. That's just me. Because if a man has no power, it don't matter who, who, what his position is. Ron has, is carrying like 10 positions now. He's never done that before. He's been a football coach. Now he's general manager, he's president of football, he's run everything, and he's not done that. And then on top of this, now he's fighting cancer. So to me, it's ridiculous that this man has that much on his plate, and all he should be focused on right now is getting well. Right. I would have him in the booth, during games, or at home, until his body can fight cancer. Jack Del Rio has done this before. You're equipped to do that. They opted to go a different direction, which is a choice. But you asked me what I think about it, and that's exactly what I would have done. Yeah, so um, Ron Rivera, um, incredible story with him. He steps into this role. Washington seems they're moving forward with a good head coach in Rivera than his cancer diagnosis. So, yeah, yeah. What what are your thoughts about that? Like, do you do you think um, he's making the right decision by keeping himself on the field? Because I've seen on TV a couple weeks he just 
it wasn't looking well. Uh, going back to halftime of that last game we were watching, I saw that and it looked like he was leaning on somebody talking on the phone. Yeah, no, I, 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 I can't say it enough. If I were in charge, he'd be in the booth. He could be upstairs like the other coordinators usually are. Throughout history, we've had coaches, where it's Bobby Bowden, Bo Schembegler. Throughout history, coaches that might have had an issue, they just went to the booth. And you can control things from the booth. And he can be sitting down, hydrating, being in a comfortable position, and helping his body fight cancer. So to me, it's just, I, I can't explain it. Um, but they opted to go another way, so that's their prerogative. Absolutely. Uh, Doc, one last question before we let you go. Uh, once again, we, no we, we but um, uh, do you have any bold predictions on where this NFL season, you see this NFL season moving forward, any teams you think can make it all the way this year? Um, in your mind, who do you see as one of the front runners for this year's Super Bowl? <clears throat> well, no, I'm not a real predictor. I'm an analyst. What I my eyes tell me now is that Kansas City remains elite, yet they were vulnerable. A rookie almost beat them out in, San, out in uh, Los Angeles, Chargers. Bill Belichick has minus eight starters on defense without his quarterback, and he went in and took them to the fourth quarter. And had he had any competent play at quarterback, who knows what might have happened. So because of COVID, everybody's been minimized. But the great teams will be great. The Seahawks, to me, the Packers, the big five, it's always just five. And then the rest just jumble in, and they got to get lucky. But um, I trust the Steelers. I trust Buffalo. I think Buffalo is so excited. They remind me a lot of our 80s teams in that they play hard. They've got a quarterback who has grasped this in two years now. He's gone leaps and bounds. A quarterback now has got to be mobile. And this kid can work with his legs and his arm, and he's a fighter. I love this kid, the way the way he goes at it. And so you've got these young guys, and then you've got Brady. <laughs> and Brady's got, I think, a quarterback-friendly system because I think his coach is fantastic. Uh, Leftwich is the offensive coordinator. is fantastic. It's just like with Kansas City. When you have – former players who make the transition into coaching and take it seriously, um, then you get – because players trust them because they know they've done exactly what they're asking you to do. And and that is so important. And so with offense, if you look at the comparison, I, the kid in New York with the Jets is a hell of a player out of USC, but he's in a dysfunctional system. And you can see the difference. He's just talented, all of them to me, but you, you can't do it alone. And so I always seek the best minds. I want to be around the smartest people in the sport. And that would, you know, that's Kansas City. And and I think the Titans are awesome. They got COVID-19 now that has disrupted their flow. But um, he's another Belichick disciple who's doing it right. There's some solid, solid teams. New Orleans is still – got to be reckoned with but you see the the impact of one receiver the importance when you get a dominant player and you have to play without him you show his worth 
And so for a wide receiver to be out and they fall apart, not to look nothing like themselves, shows you his impact. So those are teams, that, and they're usually about the same, same characters who have, and the Ravens, great organization, top to bottom. They grow their management from within, so everybody's on the same page. They have a culture. It's a football-centric culture. And I love what they do and how they do it. doesn't mean they'll win, but the way they approach the game. The Niners were off to another great start, and they're besieged by injuries, which happens, but they'll still be very competitive because I like the way their operation is set up. I like the way they do business. So, and everybody else is just, they're there. They're, they're there. They may have a good week and a bad week. Packers, <clears throat> you can say what you want about them taking a quarterback and robbing themselves from getting another player that could have helped them now, but they've got this freaky quarterback that, and they have a culture. And Mark Murphy, I'm so proud of him, my teammate with the Burgundy and Gold, who's the president of the organization. And Lafleur, who was here, is doing it right because he developed a relationship with Rodgers in the offseason. They came together as one. And so I'm big into management. I'm big into culture, and I'm big into leadership. And the Packers are showing that. And everybody else is a dumpster fire. Up one week, bad. Cowboys, great offense, pathetic on defense. You know, the Giants, they lost their back. They hired an inexperienced coach. And once again, you're taking a chance. There's too many people in this league that have actually done this before. So when you go reach, you better have, and I'll say this, Jason Garrett took a lot of flack in Dallas, but he's a stabilizer. And I thought they played the Rams well. The Rams didn't go there then and blow the Giants up. They beat, They won the game. It was very competitive. So I think Jason Garrett has a terrific influence on that, and I trust his ability to relate to players and get them going. It didn't work in – in Dallas, but they've got their own circumstances. I mean, they don't have to win. They make money. And That's so right. and half the country falls all over them, and they, they're mediocre at best almost yeah. every year. But that shows you about our country. We're really stupid in a lot of areas. How can that be, quote, America's team? They haven't won in about 26 years. That's I don't get what it, I'm saying. It, yeah, I can't figure out the world, but I'm just telling you how I see it. So I, I I think we're if we can beat COVID and stay healthy on this, this could be a hell of a December and January because we do have some elite teams. Doc, I, I want to say that's great insight, taking us almost all the way around the league. Once again, that's Rick Doc Walker, legendary Washington football team tight end, winning the Super Bowl for them in 1980 as well. Doc, thank you so much for the time, sir. I wish you all the best, and I hope you and your family continue to stay safe. Hey, man, we got to keep our industry going, man. We're making a living doing sports, so I, I'm there for anybody that to help them do what I do, because I think we're all lucky. Um, We could be essential workers right now, having to be out in the marketplace, and we're pretty much insulated and, you know, trying to entertain people with with sports. And it's what I always wanted to do, be in an industry and never consider it a job. And I don't consider this a job. I consider this as a treat, and I'm just happy to be a – a part of it because the older you get in our society, they try to run you out of everything. So I'm just trying to <laughs> hang in there with these young. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Doc. Thank you so much. Really hey, appreciate guys, be blessed. Thank you. Yes, right, sir. You the too. Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast will continue right after this. I'm Josh. That's Dan. We're back on the Kirby on Sports Podcast. Um, Wrapping things up here, we have just two more segments left for you. Um, I, I wanted to give sort of my thoughts on the MLB postseason for this season. Um, because how it all worked with this COVID and everything, it, it called the COVID playoffs or something like that. I think somebody called it the COVID postseason, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well. Obviously, the Orioles aren't in it, but still, you follow baseball, and I, I do some as well. How do you feel if a team – your favorite team, for example, wins the division, but everybody is put into a three-game set wild card series with a playoff expansion to compensate for what COVID has done. I would be pissed about it, to be honest with you. I mean, the best team should should get the top spot, and that's the bottom line. So I, I think... My team's not going to see the playoffs for another, like, eight years, probably. That's just my opinion. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I'd rightfully be angry about the whole situation. Now, I understand why they do it, though. You're talking about a 162-game season that has been diced in into, what was it, 60? 60. 60 games. Yeah, so you're, you're cutting off, you know, 100... Um, hundred plus games right there. Um, 102 games, I guess, if my math... Uh, my middle school math helped me out at all. <laughs> but, yeah, I I get it, but at the same time, I'm not a fan of it. But, again, I understand it because you have to make up for all those games that are lost. And it kind of has to do with, I, I think it's more of a sort of a fair thing to teams that maybe, you know, maybe they're not going to get to the playoffs in 62 games, but they could have made it in 162 games because there's a lot of season left. you got 100 games left. You got three months of baseball, whatever the case is, um, whatever you know, whatever. But I'm, I'm really not against it. But I, I think if I'd feel differently if my team won the division. But yeah, yeah. So, um, looking here, we're already in the division series. Um, you have the Los Angeles Dodgers, the San Diego Padres. NL East rivals, the Miami Marlins and the Atlanta Braves. Still can't, I still can't believe they made it. I still can't After COVID and everything, you know? It's craziness. And on the American League side, you have Houston against the Oakland Athletics. That's a surprise. And Tampa Bay against New York. Uh, Dan, can you see any upsets this year since there was COVID and there was a long pause? Or... Do you think it could go to the better team in the New York Yankees or Los Angeles Dodgers? I think I could see the Yankees being upset. They they've had some bad nights, um, and not just in the playoffs, but just talking about towards the end of the season. So I could see them being upset. I think, I I think the Dodgers are just too good of a team right now, and I don't think they're going to lose to the Padres. In fact, if anything, I I kind of have a feeling that. Um, that the Dodgers sweep in that series, um, so I I I think I favor the Rays, who know the Yankees really well. I mean, heck, they play them most of the season, most of the season especially. Um, I I see them kind of 
having an upset in that series rather than the Dodgers. Other than that, I really think some of these are just a toss-up. It pains me to see the Astros in the playoffs, by the way. Does that bother you? Uh, anybody but the Astros. Yeah. Anybody but the Astros. Agreed. Agreed. It's Anybody. just irritating me. Yeah. I really I'm wanted glad the, the Nats I, beat them last year. I really wanted I'm glad. The, I really wanted the Twins to be the wild card to be to be winning the wild card. I was yeah. angry that they lost, but yeah, that's that's the way I feel about it. Um on the the National League side of it, I I think the Braves are the better team, obviously, and they've they're kind of playing more at full strength than the Marlins have all season who really had to kind of um shift guys in last second. So, I think the Braves win that series. Um and uh as far as Houston and Oakland, I really want to see Oakland win that series, but who o- knows? Because Oakland's historic bad track record in the playoffs. Yeah. What if Oakland made a surprise they all the way to the World Series? I could see it, man. I, 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 I really could. I really could. I think if they square up against whoever wins the other side of the divisional series, I, I think they could beat them. I, I, I really do. Not if you're facing the Yankees. They're looking pretty darn good so far. From yeah. what I've seen, but uh, other than that, that's overrated. That's sort of like a postseason preview. It's like sports overload, man. You know, there's so much going on. Thank La- God. Last but not least, can I give you a co- uh, conspiracy theory? Sure. It's the Lakers and the Heat in the NBA Finals. Yes. The Lakers, you know, in February, the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant. Yeah. My conspiracy theory is. The Lakers win the NBA Finals. Do it for Kobe Bryant. That that storybook right there. COVID or not, that storybook. The Lakers making it all the way to the top and doing it for Kobe Bryant. Can you agree? Yes. I think they have the two best players in the league, too. So that, that definitely helps their cause. Yeah. but For sure. That storybook. But the, Laker, oh, yeah. the Lakers win the Finals, and I think... After that, they do it for Kobe, and then COVID ends. Because uh, I think when <laughs> w- w- when Kobe died, COVID sort of started. And <laughs> oh, took off. No. That was like the start of the terrible year of uh, 2020. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, obviously that was a bad joke, but still, looking at this finals matchup, seeing the Heat get out of the conference finals against yeah, the, the Boston heat. Celtics. The Heat. Surprised a lot of people in the postseason for sure. I, I, I told you this months back. You're yeah, I know. See a surprise. Well, in yeah, the of heat course. Were that surprise. Of course. I mean, plus they expand it. Well, yeah. 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 I, 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 I agree with you. Yeah. I, I mean, also, Jimmy Butler is such a good player. <laughs> he's man. really, really good. I mean, he's always been good, but he's, he's, he's a special player for sure. It's crazy. And that how the NBA did it in the bubble. It worked. No, no positive tests. Nope. It worked. No player after and the NHL after too. Rudy Gobert started everything. I think uh, <laughs> with touching microphones and things like that. Rudy Gobert. No other positive started tests. the whole thing. It's started, amazing. Rudy Gobert started the sports canceling and. I'll tell you what, like man. That. This looks like it's going to pan out well. I mean, the the NBA needs they need some sort of congratulations that they were able to get it to work with zero positive tests. Now, if they're being completely honest, you would think, but um, it's it, it worked really well for them. It's just, yeah. it's just hard to believe because every league, other league has had issues with a few guys testing positive. So, um, I I agree, though. I think the Lakers, going back, because segueing into the segue into the segue, 
I think the Lakers are the NBA champions, man, and I think they do it for Kobe, man. And Gianna. <laughs> don't forget Gianna, man. In your Gruden impression. Oh, my. Yes, man. <laughs> Vegas, man. That's about all the time we have. Um, Dan will be taking some time off for some other personal and work-related ventures. So, Dan, wish you the best. Um, You'll be taking a couple weeks off, but hopefully we'll be seeing you on again soon. I will be on again, I promise. Yeah, but other than that, Dan, thank you so much for hopping on today. Uh, That about wraps it up for this episode of the Kirby on Sports podcast. As always, we are sponsored by Regroup Building Services and PM Plus Reserves. As always, big thanks to MPT Now Productions, Dave Johnson, and Productions by Quet for all their support. You can find us on all streaming platforms, anchor.fm slash the Kirby on Sports podcast. And other than that, um, you can check out our merchandise website, teespring.com slash stores slash Kirby dash on dash sports dash merch. I know it's long. We'll get you a link out on all social media platforms. If you want to support the brand, Dan supported the brand. So, um... Got it. Got to do it, guys. Come on. Yeah, we got shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. If you want hats, hit me up directly. But other than that, if you want merch, hit me up because we got merch for you if you want to support this great podcast. Other than that, we love you all. We thank you all for the support as always. Until the next episode, continue to create greatness and peace out. Thank you.